You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. What is happening? It's on the You're listening to the AME Radio Show. Welcome to the AME Radio Show. I'm your host, Jason Dad, and we've got a great show for you guys this week. So how have you been? What have you been up to? Have you challenged yourself to anything new this week? I know I have, and I'm continuing to try myself. And you know what? Sometimes this week I got a little bit uh, frustrated with myself because for some other reason, I just couldn't make what I was trying to make happen to make my model happy. And it makes me want to, it made me want to give up on it a little bit to tell you the truth because I pride myself on what I do but yet I couldn't seem to understand what she was trying to accomplish. So as I went along I got frustrated and I got depressed. And it seemed like no matter what I did anything I sent back it kept going she kept rejecting it rejecting it rejecting it. So she tried to do it herself. And when she sent it to me I'm like wow this looks completely different. I don't know if I like that. However, I came up to a point in in my life here in this particular project where I either have to accept what I what I believe to be right or I have to kind of give way and and kind of make what she wants too. And I always think making the model happy is the most important thing. So what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be trying it a little differently and hopefully she'll be happy with it. And this is what I want to talk to you guys about today quickly before we get into you know, what we have coming up for you is compromise. You know, sometimes you want to, you, you have it set a certain way and you believe that what you see is, is perfect, but not everybody sees it that way. So in order to make everybody happy in a situation, sometimes you have to compromise and that could be anything in life. And sometimes you have to bite your ego a little bit to do it because sometimes it's not easy, you know, bending to somebody else's will. Now, I don't particularly like how the style that this person wants it to look will look, but I'm going to give it a shot because I could be completely wrong. And that's what I think we need to do in this society a little bit more is to compromise. And sometimes it can make your, your projects go better. And sometimes if you're in a situation like this, even if you have to compromise, sometimes it's best to step back, take a couple of hours, days, whatever it may be, to collect your thoughts because going at it angry and frustrated are never good for any type of art that's out there. Even even in your general work and your household and everything else, going at something angry can really deter the end result. So I took a couple of days off from it, taking a break. I've been going over it in my head. I've been studying it, seeing what she wants, and I'm going to try to come up with a, with a good compromise that I think everybody will be happy with. So that's my advice for you guys if you're out there trying anything new, trying to get through a situation that might be a little a little sticky for you, you know, something that's just not going as smooth as you want it to go. Step back and relax. Clear your thoughts. But also, it's okay to compromise. And sometimes you were wrong all along. And that's where stepping back and, and, and thinking about it could actually be one of the best things that you can do for yourself. So... There's my advice for, for you guys today. 
Uh, let's see here. What else do we have coming up? Oh, we're going to go into Disney real quick. Now, there's been a lot of controversy about the Hall of Presidents since Donald Trump took office in January of this year. There is a lot of people protesting that the 45th president should not be included in this display at all. Some people said, no, he should be included, but he doesn't deserve a speaking role. While some people believe that he should be included and he should have a speaking role. In fact, the protests were so bad, were so bad about this thing that they actually were thinking about shutting the whole ride down. Now, this was a pivotal ride that came about in actually when Walt Disney first opened up Disneyland in the 1950s because of the animatronics of Abraham Lincoln. And originally, Abraham Lincoln had the only speaking part. But as it got older and as, and as people progressed, they started using the presidents to actually speak to the people. And it's been doing that for years. In fact, when I first went there and saw it in 1992, uh, we had uh, President Bush and then we had Clinton. Now, not President Bush. It was George H.W. Bush, the first Bush, the vice president to Ronald Reagan. And then Clinton, then Bush, then Obama. Now, I got a guarantee here with politics. Somebody isn't going to like that particular president. Not everybody liked Obama. Not everybody liked Clinton. Not everybody liked Bush. Not everybody liked Bush Sr., but nevertheless, he's our president, and he has that right to speak. We are supposed to respect the office of the president. Therefore, I believe that no matter what you say about Trump, it's okay. He's, he, should have a speaking, he should have a speaking role. Every active president should have a speaking role. doesn't matter what political spectrum they're from. I think that's part of the magic of this entire ordeal that they've built. It's, it's amazing. So to sit there and silence somebody from it is really was really kind of shocking me, and I was really hoping that Disney would not bend to this. Now they do let you know lean more liberal, and I understand that that's fine, but they never stopped anybody from talking. Well, now they've announced that Trump will have a speaking role in the Hall of Presidents, and hopefully it will it will open up again real soon. It's one of my favorite rides. I love going in there. I love learning about the history, and I'm really glad that they decided to allow this president to speak. You know, I don't care if somebody doesn't like Trump and doesn't want to hear him. I personally was not a fan of Obama, and that's not because of the color of his skin. It was his policies, and it was his, it was his, his politics. I met Obama. I liked Obama. As a person, he's a great person. I'd like to sit down and have a barbecue with him or have a nice meal with him or just talk about anything that we can talk about because that's the type of person he is. However... I didn't like his politics. Now, I wasn't 100% on George Bush, uh, George W. Bush either. I, he wasn't my favorite president. But nevertheless, I was glad to hear him speak. I was glad to hear Obama speak. And I'm going to be glad to hear Trump speak. So, you know, it's only four months in his pre- presidency. Let's see what he has to do. You know, that's all we can do. Actually, it's more than four months now. It's, it's going on almost seven. And, uh, you know, let's give him the respect. All right, next thing on the list here, Carrie Fisher. Everybody knows her who played Princess Leia, who happened to pass away like a day after her daughter passed away. The toxicology reports came back and found that she had a large amount of narcotics in her system, mostly illegal narcotics. I think there was heroin and something else. And that was what she was more than likely the cause of her death. And it's really sad that she did that. And that just shows you how depressed she was about her daughter 
passing away because honestly she didn't look like the person that went out and did drugs she just didn't i mean her her facial her facial features her her body in general it did not look like years and years abuse of drugs i think she got depressed and went to go do something now i truly believe that maybe this was a suicide because there was no there's no note there was no nothing but when you're that depressed people do some pretty crazy things so I really believe in my heart that she decided to use this as a way out. And maybe people wouldn't think that, you know, she died from, you know, unsuspected causes. They were hoping maybe she just died from depression because, I mean, it was really was a day after her, after her uh, daughter died. But regardless, we're going to miss her. And it's really sad that she had to go this route. And I really hope that this wasn't the, the main reason that took her out. But if it is... It doesn't, it doesn't tarnish her in any way, shape, or form. And it's really sad that she had to go through what she had to go through because no parent should have to bury a child. Finally, staying into the Disney realm, everybody keeps saying that they wish that the old Disney was back. You know, the uh, Hannah Montanas, the uh, That's So Raven, the um, uh, Lizzie McGuire, all of these particular shows, they want them back. They miss that particular era of Disney. Well... Your wish is your command. It may not be 100%, but it is kind of coming back. We have Raven's Home. This is with uh, Raven Simone coming back, reviving her role, and Chelsea's coming back, reviving her role as, as uh, Raven's best friend, and they move in together, and they are raising their children together. So this is kind of like a spoof off of um, the uh, Boy Meets World and all these other things that are going on right now, but it's the first one that they kind of made with Disney. So I'm really excited to see this. I did love That's So Raven, and I'm really glad that it's back. And I can't wait to see how they play this out, because supposedly her son, she has twins, actually, and her son, I believe, is the only one that I remember, has a uh, has the ability that Raven had. So this should be interesting to see what's coming out. Okay, guys, so what do we have up for you guys today? We have Michael O. He is a singer, songwriter, performer, and producer, and we're going to be hearing his song on my own at the end of the show at the end of his interview, which is going to be coming up here in a little bit because he's waiting on the line. Then we have Marquise Ogden, who played for the Jaguars, the Ravens, the Bills, and the Titans. He's our first actual sports uh, personality that we've had on, on this particular show. And he is making a return to football at the age of 36, believe it or not. When most people are getting ready to retire at this age, he's coming back. And he's doing it through the CFO, which is a Canadian Football League. All right, guys, so um, before we go uh, to our break, please go check out our website when you get a chance, www.theamemagazine.com. Anything that you've ever had on our show, our television show, our radio show, our upcoming guest, our past guest, our magazine, it's all there for you. Absolutely no subscriptions. Go enjoy yourself, learn, and be inspired. And then if you also want to pick us up on social media, we're there too. We're at Dowd Studios uh, for Twitter, at D-O-W-D Studios, and at Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash the AME experience. All right, guys, so that's what we got. We are going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we have Michael O. on the line, so don't go anywhere. Jason Dowd of Imagination Art Studios is proud to announce the release of his steampunk collection, which is currently on tour across the country. There you will see beautiful handmade masks from Venice, Italy that accentuate beautiful women to create amazing stories and feelings to those who visit the collection. Each photo series has a theme, mask, authentic props, and beautifully elaborate outfits, all collaborated in the mind of Jason Dowd to create the right emotion and feeling. The masks come from a shop at Epcot at the Italian Pavilion, where all these photos are on display for you to see. This is one of the biggest accomplishments of his career, having his work at Disney. 
Come see the beautiful first release of the series, which includes Distressed Dancer, Spanish Serenade, The Pied Piper, and Reaching for the Czars. You can see them in person or online at www.imaginationartstudios.com. For more information, visit the website. Again, it's imaginationartstudios.com. Our Facebook is Imagination Art Studios. Twitter is at Dow Studios. And Instagram is at Jason Dow. Come and be mesmerized by the masks and the stories behind them. Andrea Tanteros here from the Fox News Channel. I've got a new book out, Tied Up in Knots, How Getting What We Wanted Made Women Miserable, also known as the modern-day men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Go ahead and pick it up at your local bookstore now. It's already a bestseller, or you can get it off Amazon.com or HarperCollins.com. Hi, I'm Andy Allo, and you're listening to the AME Radio Show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I have on the line with me a special guest. His name is Michael O. He is a singer, songwriter, performer, and producer. And what's really interesting about him is that he's able to mix a bunch of cultures into his work to give a, a brand new sound that's fresh and, ex- and exhilarating. And he just released two new songs called On My Way and Your Way. Uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? Good. So I'm really excited to be able to talk to you because I love talking to people that are creative and like can use so many different things to your to your advantage. First of all, let's get into how you got into being a uh, a musician. What what inspired you to do it? Uh, it was kind of by accident. I fell into music um, professionally by accident. I did, I did a TV show on NBC called The Sing Off, mm-hmm. which was an acapella TV show which I did with my college acapella group. And from there, we played second out of sixteen. And then from there, I, I like caught the bug, I caught the virus, and I've been pursuing music ever since. Well, doing it on a television show, was that a little bit more maybe intimidating to do it that way than to maybe just get up on stage and try it for the first time? Because, you know, you're looking at probably millions of people watching you. The cool thing is that I did it with 15 other friends of mine. I was the lead singer of the group, that, or they positioned me as the lead singer of the group, but I did it with 15 friends, so we were all going through this whole process together. Um, so... Uh, it made it a lot easier, and it was actually a lot of fun, but it was really hard. <laughs> but it was still a lot of fun. But now you've kind of taken this a little bit deeper. You've not only, you're not only just singing, but you're songwriting and you're producer. What kind of got you into those particular a- avenues of music as well? Because it's completely different. Uh, I uh, love uh, songwriting. I, I, mean, uh, I think why I really like songwriting is because I get to really feel into myself and try to let myself go through this uh, and let myself feel into uh, different things that I'm feeling, so I write that out. Um, producing is also really, really great because uh, it allows me to add a technical side of, of, of a production side on, on my music, and uh, I get to learn every day about how to get better at both. Um, so I really like both uh, particular mediums. And producing it, you pretty much have a lot more control over your sound, too, then, than just having somebody else there. But if you are producing your, your own show, your own music, is it important to find somebody else to also kind of give you some feedback on it just to make sure you're going down the right path? Oh, I always do. Um, I love to collaborate. I think collaboration is key uh, in many aspects of life. And uh, I like to work with like-minded individuals who, um, who we share visions, um, the same vision. And, yeah, it makes the work a lot better. Um. I like that you have, and I see that over here you have American, African, and Nigerian cultures that you put in together with your music. And I love foreign music because it gives you a different style of what we're used to over here. 
what are some of the things that you like to use with those particular um, styles of music and mix it together to make that sound? What, what is the things that you look for in those types of music? I am inspired by so many different genres of music, whether it's jazz, funk, rock, soul, hip-hop, R&B, Afrobeats, reggae, reggaeton. Uh, I'm inspired by a lot of different styles of music. And I think what's really cool uh, about what I do is that a lot of the, I, I love looking at the interconnectedness of, of uh, the different genres. For example, there is a commonality between Afrobeats and soul music. And that commonality is derivative of the continent of Africa. And uh, um, I love to see how I can play with both sides and see how I can express both sides of me. I, I'm both mixed with African and African-American heritage. So it's literally, um, a, I'm really just exploring myself and my history and my roots. Um, so Nigerian music, Nigerians, we, we love beats. We love to dance. We love to have fun. And weddings are a party. Um, and uh, I love to dance and move as well, so I like to have that in my music. And soul music, it's, it's rooted, it's soulful. Uh, R&B, uh, uh, jazz, uh, it's all rooted, soulful, and expresses a different side of me. So yeah, I, I love music. <laughs> well, I, I love music too, and I, honestly, if you were to look at my, at my iPod, you'd probably be shocked at how many different varieties of music I have in there, which is really what kind of keeps it fun, because you never know what you're going to get, and you get bored with the same old stuff all the time. Now, when I was looking at this here, um, I, you know, because Ni Nigeria is in, is in the African continent. Is there any difference between African music and Nigerian? Well, I mean, Africa is a continent, so there are tons of different styles of music all over the continent. Uh, you have things like Afrobeat, Afroworld, uh, Afro House, which is a house vibe that is uh, kind of with an African spin. Um, Ethiopian music and Eastern Eastern African music is way different than West African music. Um, so there is a whole uh, lot of different cultures that are represented musically in the continent of Africa. Do you also look into maybe different different cultures outside of Africa, like maybe even some uh, Western European or Asian or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I'm inspired by so many different people, whether it's Lauren, who's based in Sweden. Um, I love R&B and Afrobeat in the UK, and I love music I love music in the UK. I love French music as well. Uh, I lived in India for three months, and I love music over there. I love Tamil Nadu music. Uh, I, I literally love, again, I love, like you, I love music, so I try to find inspiration in a lot of different things. I love to ask this for everybody, especially the musicians that are out there and the people that write. You know, I have always believed that music is kind of like a gateway to the past and the, pu and the future. It really is a time machine that we're just not able to see and get in and travel to. But it's amazing what a song can do for us. I mean, it's like if you hear a song, or it might spark something that you remember growing up, or something that you did, or something that you saw. And it can bring back some great memories. It can also bring back some sad memories. And it can also kind of show you how you're going, because sometimes that inspires you and reminds you, like, okay, well, I need to do this for tomorrow, because this is what I wanted to... It, it, it's kind of like what I wanted to be when I was... or something I wanted to achieve when I was back in, that, in those days. Do you feel the same way? Oh, wow. I mean, it's, I not only feel the same way, but, like, sometimes songs give me smells and tastes and memories of, like, a smell. I mean, for example, you know the song, Baby, when we grind, yeah. 
I feel so excited. Like, I, I always think back to my trip to Nigeria when I was seven years old eating meat pies. Every time I hear that song, that's what I think about. Um, so it's, it's music, it, like you said, and that's a beautiful way you said it. It's like a time capsule. And it shows you also where you're going, like you said, as well, and where you've been. But, you know, sometimes it not only does it take you different places and different times, but I believe it can truly speak to you. Like, sometimes, I had this song stuck in my head. It was actually done by Kathy Dennis a long time ago. And I heard it when I was younger. I didn't quite understand it. But I'll tell you what, about, oh, I don't know, maybe about four years ago, I heard it. And I was like, wow, that, that is exactly what I needed to hear. It was, like, it was like a conversation right towards me. And it, like, mm. it made everything seem completely um, in focus now. And I know that's probably the same for you, but I'll get your take on that. Yeah, I mean, I love I, I, I love listening to music to where you listened to it 20 years ago, and it has a completely different meaning to what uh, it means now. And actually, I'm trying to remember like the different examples that I have. I can't remember now, but that that happens to me a lot. To where I hear a lyric to songs that I, I heard 20 years ago, and I'm like, oh wow, because I've been through it now. Now this is making sense to me now, and that's that's a sign of really really good music. Uh, and that's that's again that's the power of music. Now, as a writer. And as an artist yourself, um, as I, I do art, but I do a different type of art. Every time I do a project, I always try to put something of myself in there. Maybe it's not something that can be easily identified by somebody, but there's always a piece of me, something that is special to that particular project, that particular song, whatever it may be. What do you do to try to make sure that your stuff is not only fresh, but it also keeps uh, a piece of you inside of it? Maybe tells a story, maybe an emotion you were feeling at it. I mean, there's a couple different things. Like sometimes, even with on my own, it sounds more of an American vibe. If, if I don't know if you agree or not, but uh, it has more of an American vibe. But even in that song, I sing evil words, which is the tribe that I come from in Nigeria. Or I love uh, my roots in acapella. I love harmonies, so I always try to add different harmonies that are different, or maybe don't really feel really natural, but they fit, they don't feel like they fit, but they're natural. They feel natural in the song. Um, different things that I say, uh, different words that I say that might not make any sense, uh, riffs, different ways that I sing. Um, there are different things that I like to do that that I, that when I listen to it, I'm like, okay, that's me. Uh, and that's, I, I love doing that in my music. Mm -hmm. I think I've seen somewhere, I, I, I may be completely wrong, but I know that in the African culture, music also told stories. You know, they gather around, they would sing, and they would dance, and they would tell a story with their dancing and their singing. What was, what part, how important was that to the Nigerian culture? And what were some of the things that you would speak about when you did these types of uh, gatherings and, and, and celebrations and ceremonies? You know, what's interesting is that, like, not just, like, continent, uh, countries in the continent of Africa or cultures in the continent of Africa, not only do they do that, but a lot of different cultures do that whether it's Native Americans, whether it's Natives in Brazil, uh, like tribal Europeans, um, Iceland, Icelanders. And that's just, as human beings, we like stories because stories tell us where we've come from. We literally like landed on this random rock in space and we need to know where we, come, we came from, who came before us. So stories are really, really important. And just like the rest of the world in Nigeria, we love storytelling and we love dancing and performing and putting those stories and putting them into motion. Interesting. So 
one other thing that we want to talk to you about is obviously your new stuff that you have coming out because I think that's very important and it's something that we can all look forward to. Now you've released two singles called On My Own and You Are Away. What are these particular songs about? On My Own was about a, uh, ex, like a relationship that I had um, when leaving it. It was very scary, but I knew that uh, I wanted to leave it because I need to pursue my own path of music. So it's On My Own, I feel like a lot of people can relate to it because we've all had to take leaps in our lives, whether it's a new relationship or, or going to college or moving to a new place, entering into adulthood, which is its own thing. <laughs> I wish someone told me that becoming an adult is like, it's, uh, like intense. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's what all my own do. I think we've all gone through uh, that. Uh, so that's what that song's about. In Your Way is just a really fun song, um, feeling into someone's energy, feeling into someone's vibe, and telling them that you're, you're feeling their way, you're feeling how they vibe, how they move, how they are. Um, and I think also that's something else, something else that we've all experienced as well. So this really did kind of come from actual things that you, that you experienced in your lifetime. Um, and you were telling the story through through music. I try to have that. I mean, I usually when things I'm connected to mm-hmm. are more personal, I can sing and say it and feel into it better. Uh, so I get inspiration not only from my life, but from friends of mine, things that I hope to achieve, things that I've, I've gone through in the past. Um, I just I try to be inspired. Now, these are two songs off of an album that you're obviously creating. Kind of tell us the, the big picture of the album. How many songs do you have planned on there? What's the theme of the, of, the, of the CD, and when do you expect it to actually come out? Um, that's what we're literally talking about right now. Uh, we've recorded 11 songs, and we're still recording more, coming up with the vibe, coming up with the right um, energy to put out. And... Um, I don't know what I know. I'm still learning. But I think the cool thing is that I know we'll be releasing a single every month. So we can just keep having people understand who I am and understand what my mission is and hopefully get into what I, what I do. So uh, I'm just really, really excited. I'm excited to be going for my dreams, and I'm excited to be hopefully making music that people can really relate to and listen to. Now, is this technically your first full-length album when it's going to be done? It will be my first full-length album, yeah. So being your first album, it's got to be extra special to you. What do you want to do to make sure that it defines you, it achieves your dreams, but also gives you a platform to keep going for and trying to better and, and try to do yourself better each time that you put out an album? Yeah, I mean, I guess I really just have to do me, right? Uh, that's the best way to do it. Listen to what's going on in the marketplace. Listen to... I love artists who I love Kanye West. I love I love Stevie Wonder. I love I love artists who are able to do them and grow through doing them and be and go inward and become better through going inward. So I just continue to do the work. I need to do the work on getting better as a songwriter, a singer, a performer, and a, a dancer, which I aim to do, as well as keep living and live hard and and make mistakes and go for my life and really live because that's the best way that I can come up with the most authentic stories and me I'm 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 an only child I'm I um, am pretty shy uh, so um, taking risks aren't always like the best I'm not always uh, the best at taking risks but the cool thing about pursuing this career is that it's taught me that I need to live and live well and live good and just try my best and go for 
things that my gut tells me to go 400%. And that's what I'm going to do, and that's what I plan to do throughout my life. Well, that's definitely inspiring right there. Tell everybody how they can get these songs, how they can hear more of the stuff that you have coming out, maybe hopefully even uh, see some possible uh, dates for when you'll be doing some live shows. Yeah, so uh, I'm excited to have you released on my own in your way. You can catch them. All you can listen to them on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music. Uh, I'm also all over social media. My website is themichaelow.com, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, under the handle Michael Music. And uh, we have shows, uh, we're planning shows uh, at Satellite in Los Angeles on July 3rd and the 10th, as well as shows in Portland, Maine on July 13th and the 29th. So all the information will be on my website, themichaelow.com. Fantastic. Well, I want to be able to give some time to be able to play one of your songs, so we're going to be playing on my own right now. Uh, Michael, thank you for coming on and spending some time with us. This, is, this has been great. I wish you all the best, and I hope that you get to achieve all the dreams that you want and, and reach those goals that you have for yourself. Thank you. I hope so, too, and I'm going to go for it. Thank you so, so, so much. You're welcome. All right, guys, we're going to go to a quick commercial break, but before we do that, we're listening to On My Own, which is playing right now. It ain't worrying no more, my love for you. Close the door to what we've been through. Uh, we such a mess. I still crave your body, but we reached our day. Yeah. Will it change? Is not healthy that I think about you all night long. You're the obsession to this damn song Healthy That you made my love feel so damn wrong I need to get out of my hell I'm on my own Shut it down, 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 down. My mind is playing my games on me. Now, uh, we good and fine, we all full price. Got myself a contract on, and I'm full grown. But I miss your body. I miss your body. On my body, I miss your body. I miss your body, your mind. I'm on my own.
creatures or urban legends do you want to step inside a dream or nightmare if you answered yes to any of these questions then you should check out internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd and his award-winning photographic collections by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com Get inside his mind and experience his inner weird. <laughs> Hi, this is Dina Martin, and you're listening to my new album, Swing Street. You can get it at dinamartin.com, uh, Amazon, of course, any place where you can get a digital download. Go on to iTunes, but I know you're going to love it. And thank you for listening to me on the radio. Hi, this is Serena Palmer from Radio Rebel, and you're listening to the AME Radio Show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I have on the line with me a very special guest, and this is a little bit outside of the arts uh, realm. It's more the entertainment realm. His name is Marquise Ogden. He is an ex-NFL player who's played for, on the Jaguars, the, the Ravens, the Bills, the Titans, and he is the author of Sleepless Nights, The NFL, A Business and Family, and now he's making a comeback at the age of 36 with the CFL. Welcome to the show, Marcus. How are you doing today? How are you doing, Jason? How's everything going? Oh, everything's going great for me. So this is really exciting because I never really get to talk to any sports people, So, and I love football, so this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, first of all, I guess, kind of tell me what kind of got you interested in wanting to be a, a football player because, I mean, uh, who, did you, who did you idolize growing up that you wanted to maybe, you know, walk in their footsteps? Honestly, my father was a big influence in football. He played football at Howard University. Uh, my brother played football at St. Albans High School. So I saw what they were doing. I really enjoyed, you know, watching my brother's games on Saturday or Saturday night. I enjoyed, you know, with my dad, coaching my brother, helping him get better. So definitely my father, my father was because influence all by my brother right after that. Hmm. Now you play it out, uh, offensive linesman, so that you're really important to the offense. I mean, people don't un sometimes underestimate the importance of that offensive line because uh, the offensive line, if it doesn't do good, you can't get the running backs through. The quarterback gets gets sacked all the time. Um, what was the most important posi uh, thing that you had to pr to do with your per uh, particular position? What you have to do is you have to keep the guy in front of you from getting to the running back or to the quarterback. And in football, the defensive linemen are very quick, very strong, very agile guys to block. So you have to be on your game. You have to be very physical with your hands. They're very strong with your upper body. You have to have a strong lower body in order to keep and sustain the block, to keep those guys from hitting the quarterback and or the running back. Now, who was one of the biggest people that you had trouble with when you lined up against them uh, in, in any of the teams? It didn't really matter. I mean, there's got to be that one guy that you'll always remember. It's like, oh, my gosh, i got to go up against this guy. By far, it was Kevin Williams. He used to tackle for the uh, Minnesota Vikings, uh, about 6'5", 315 pounds, lightning fast, great hands, great speed, great strength. Just played the game, very physical. And by far, just used my heart with Kevin Williams for the Minnesota Vikings. And what was one of the teams that you just did not want to have to play uh, at all that season? You see him on the roster, it's like, oh my gosh, i got to play this team. By far, the New England Patriots. 
I mean, New England Patriots, you know, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, you know, they always came prepared. They always came ready to play football. And anytime I saw the Patriots, I'd be like, oh, that was going to be a tough game. So by far, it's New England Patriots. Now, was it harder playing them at home or at their home in Gillette Stadium? Oh, by far, Gillette Stadium. You know, the crowd more into it. Extreme cold weather yeah, in New England. I was, I was playing for the Jaguars in you know, Florida. Great weather. But it was like, you know, 80, 90 degrees in you know, December. I'm sorry, in January we played, you know, at our home. So going to Gillette in, in January was almost like, you know, five degrees and, you know, it was super cold. And so by far, playing Gillette Stadium was a very, very hard thing to do. And looking back at your career in the NFL, do you have any uh, regrets, anything that you wish you could have done better, or anything that you wish you could have accomplished that you maybe didn't get a chance to do here, but now you may have a chance to do in the CFL? Uh, you know what? So honestly, you know, Chase, the big thing is it's not I – I wish I had not asked to be traded uh, by the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, I was young, immature. I didn't really understand that my coach was black. He really liked me, and he was really being tough on me because he thought I was going to be a great player. So I really regret not staying with the Jaguars and, you know, and pushing through the toughness that my coach was getting on me. Now to realize today, of course, that he really was, uh, that he liked me, and that was his coaching style. So I wish I had not asked to be released and, uh, and uh, go to another team uh, from the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, I had a funny story with uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars because I, I live here in Tampa. And uh, the Jaguars had just become a team. It was their first inaugural season. And uh, it was kind of like a water boy type of situation. We got a, we got a chance to go see the, see the game. And um, we were, the, the, the score was supposed to be like 15, 16 to 15 or something like that. I mean, it's just an impossible way of scoring this thing. And I'm sitting there like, wow, the Buccaneers were leading the entire game. And here comes the Jacksonville Jaguars. And in the end zone, they made a, um, they made, they, they, got, they got a safety on the, on the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it ended up being 16-15 Jaguars. And I was like, you know, you've seen Waterboy where she goes, it's going to be 32-27, and the guy's like, well, how do you know that? And she goes, well, that's how it's going to be. I felt exactly the same way. I'm like, wow. You know, it, like you said, I mean, it's any given Sunday. Like, you know, that's what I love about the NFL or any professional sports. Like, everybody's earning a paycheck. So mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you have the opportunity for anybody to be anybody. Now, of course, some teams are back, like Cleveland and basketball, you know, or, you know, the Golden State Warriors or New England Patriots, stuff like that. But still, even though they're stacked, you can still do beat. This mm -hmm. is why fans love going to the games, the atmosphere, the crowd, the environment. And this is why home field advantage, you know, playing away from your stadium, again, away from your fan support, makes it hard. Crowd noise, anticipation, you know, weather, all these are factors that make it really, really difficult when you play away from your home field. Yeah, it, it is, too. And I, mean, I, I was uh, watching that one game here in the, with the Buccaneers and uh, Donovan McNabb. He was playing, I believe he was on the Redskins, and he threw up on the field because it was so hot down here. You know, that does, you know, people don't take into consideration that. And you're right. You know, you are, you are 52 very trained, or 53 very trained athletes that just because your record may show that you're, um, I don't know, Owen, like Owen 15, about ready to go Owen 16, that 16th game you could actually win. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know how they keep saying that there's like a, a, a lax of schedule, like, like somebody's got an easy schedule, because I've watched the St. Louis Rams clean the Seattle Seahawks clock when nobody else could do it. And they did it twice and, in a season. Right, and again, like, like, like you said, Jason, like, 
know, Dominic Snap throwing up, going to a new, you know, environment, you know, with all the hostility and all the type of stuff going on. You just there, there is no easy schedule. There is no, oh, we've got our we've got our cakewalk game today. Like these are still professional athletes. These are still people that earn a check to play the game that they're really, really good at. So when people understand that, and that's why you think people uh, like Vegas is so small with that like, you know, people say, oh, it's going to be a, they're going to win by, you know, seven. People lose by three. Like, you just don't know. That's why I just, with Vegas, man, it's so hard to bet games and get involved. At the end of the day, man, it's just, it's just any given Sunday. Yeah. And you never know. You know, somebody might get sick on the team that day. You know, they show up there. And, you know, they just don't play their best because they, they, can't, they can't function as good as they normally do. Or, you know, you can have a stacked team. You go out there and lose three of your best players in the first quarter of the game. And then all of a sudden yeah. you've got to bring in your second string who isn't quite used to, you know, all the snaps and stuff like that. I mean, they're good, they're trained, they're ready to go, but they're just not going to be as efficient as the first stringers. So, you know, anything can happen, and that's what I think people seem to overlook. And that's why, I you know... Growing, believe it or not, I, I am actually a New England Patriots fan. I grew up, uh, I grew up with the Patriots since the, I started watching them since in 1983. And uh, the teams that I was always afraid of, and people laughed at me, were the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. Right. You know, because and I'm like, you know what? The Buffalo Bills are an extraordinary team. Maybe the records don't always take them to the 50-50, but they're only losing a game by like five to ten points, and that's pretty. Pretty close game, to, in my opinion, to anybody. And they know the, the Patriots probably better than anybody. So, you know, those are the teams that I'm afraid of. I'm not necessarily afraid of the Pittsburgh Steelers or the, uh, or the Denver Broncos that come in because they don't know them as well. So, you know, it's a little bit more fair, fair match. But those teams in your division, man, they can clean your clock. And well, that's, you know, just, that's just like you said with that Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. Like, that's just a slobber knocker. I mean, you know, Pittsburgh and Baltimore know each other. It's played for the twice a year, and again, those fans. I think it's like a, like a, you know, it's, it's like a, uh, oh my God, it is, they take it so personal. Whoever wins or loses, and this is why, to me, the environment of the NFL stadium and the craziness of your division, you just really never know who's going to win. Like I never, I, that's why I don't sports that because you know I just you know when you talk about professional sports. No, it's almost impossible to get a read on who's going to win, you know, about how many points or this, that, or the other. But give your division, Jason, you're 100% right. They are absolute slobber knockers. And, you know, with the Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens, they usually end up splitting at 50-50. And it's usually the Steelers winning at, at their home and the Ravens winning at their home. But recently it's been kind of where the, the, the it's been flip-flopped, which is kind of weird. I don't under, quite understand how that keeps happening. But, um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, an amazing, it's an amazing experience, and I love being able to go to these games. But, you know, one of the things that you said here, and I don't think people understand this as much, you know, it's, it's like professional wrestlers. You know, you see them outside in, in, the, in the wrestling ring, and they hate each other, but backstage are really not like that. And what's it like for, for a player after the season's over, you know, or even even after the game's over, if they never have to play each other again for that regular season? What is the what is the family experience like? Because you did say it was a family, so this is pretty interesting. I think people would would be pretty interested to find out what it's like, um, you know, for you guys when when you're not playing each other. Honestly, Jason, when the, when a whistle blows and the game is over. It's straight like a brotherhood because very few people during any given year can play in the NFL and can basically earn a check and have that professional football player insignia or title attached to their name. 
That's why you always see guys taking photos with each other, trading jerseys, helmets. You know, during the offseason, guys are engaged in going other people's like, you know, charity events or helping with other good players, other good general events, community events, things like that. You know, dapping each other on the field after the game is over. It's a very brotherly environment in the game. So during the game, it's all out war. But again, in war, you end up getting respect for your opponent. So that's why we have respect for each other when it comes time to, you know, talking after the game or, you know, during the offseason. And when we retire, it's a tremendous brotherhood because at the end of the day, sometimes you feel that, you know, the brotherhood you can really count on because, you know, they've, they've been through the, uh, the war, they've gone to training camp, they've gone through, you know, preseason, regular season, the grind. So when people retire, that's why a lot of guys, you know, you'll see on, on, on social media with pictures together going out because they respect each other and they're trying to help each other's brands grow. Now you're actually at the age of 36, and like like uh, we we've all been hearing, and especially as the people as these guys are getting older in, in their years, that this is one of the things where they this is one of the times where they start to want to retire, and I can see that. And I mean, there's a lot of stress and 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 stuff on 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 your body, and and it's it's incredible amount of uh, of uh, you know um, stamina that you would need to do these types of uh, jobs each day, you know, week in, week out, because, you know, it, it, it's a 16-week season, but it's actually a lot longer that people tend to forget. you got the trainings, you have the, uh, you have the, like, the, the uh, summer trainings, like what's going on now in spring trainings, and then you have the, the regular preseason, too, and, um, you know, so that's a lot of work on your body. You're actually 36 years old now, and you're trying to come back into, into the sport. What has made you want to come back, and why have you chosen the CFL? You know, so what happened was I was approached by... CFL about maybe 10 weeks ago that they need the help with, you know, their young linemen, with leadership in the locker room. It's actually kind of a cool story. Like, who could be out for, you know, a decade and then come on back and say, hey, you know, you've been asked to come back and play with those young guys, with those guys that are, you know, supposed to be, you know, able to recover better and faster and stronger and things like that. And I think for me, it's basically saying, you know what, I can kind of show people that no matter how old you are, you can still accomplish anything you set your mind to. I know I don't have any clues to the grand or that turn back to the NFL or do any of that. I'm basically just trying to get this just because I enjoy football, number one. Number two, I like the team. Number three, I'm just trying to set an example of people that you can be successful if you want to push and believe that you can get things accomplished. That's what I'm trying to do. Right. Now, what are some of the differences between the NFL and the CFL? I mean, I know that there's a lot of, you know, rule changes in between college to NFL. And there's like sometimes there's different types of plays between the college and NFL. But what's the difference between the NFL and CFL, if any? The, the biggest change, Jason, is the field is 110 yards. The end zone is 20 yards deep. The sidelines are 58 yards versus 53 yards. And then you only have three downs in CFL to complete a first down. So if you don't get a first down on the first or second down, nine times I think you're punting on third down. So, again, it's a much faster pace game. There's only a 20-second play clock in the uh, CFL and the NFL. It's uh, a four-second play clock. Mm -hmm. So, again, it's all about, you know, it's more action for the fans. You know, bigger fields, you know, wider end zones. Like, you know, the, the goalposts at the front of the, of, the, of the end zone. Like, they're really trying to make this a much you know high you know high impact you know fast paced high scoring type of game for the fans. So those are the big differences between the field with length, uh, the play clock, and then of course the field goal thing. Uh, the field goal being the front end, but not the back. 
Now, um, when you were uh, when you when you were with the uh, NFL, I've seen that a lot of people like um, have been recruited from the CFL. But have there been a lot of NFL players that have gone from here to there, like what you're doing now? And have you seen no. a lot of people that you played? No, not very very rarely. Again, if I was twenty. You know, seven, twenty-eight years old. Uh, I probably, you know, I think very much, but not interested. But with what I'm doing as a public speaker, as a brand ambassador, as someone that's building a brand, enhancing what he's doing on a level after his career, basically, it's showing people that no matter how old you are, it's always being prepared uh, for for, uh, for habits ever in your life. So that's kind of what I'm doing. But very rarely, the guys from the NFL, after a long career, go go to the CFL. So what type of brand are you trying to build outside of the NFL? Because, you know, that's important, you know, outside of football. you know, you, you gotta, you got to be prepared for anything. So what are some of the things that you're building to, you know, help maybe with the community or just, you know, be, just keep yourself active and, and, and um, you know, give yourself, give yourself something to strive for every day? The big thing I am, Jason, is I'm a public speaker. I have a speaking brand between public speaking, appearances. I have a speaking academy where I help uh, – uh, anybody, but especially vets and former athletes, want to become a public speaker. I just had my speaking academy uh, in Kansas City on Wednesday for this past week. We had the NFL there, NBA, National Hockey League, uh, Major League Baseball. Uh, we had people from the NFL League office. We had you know people that were from professional boxing, people that are in sales, all types of different, all types of great backgrounds. And we do three things: we help you improve communication skills. We help you learn the art of successful networking, and we help you enhance and build your brand. So that's what I'm doing right now. I have a speaking brand that is starting to transcend from you know, being a motivational speaker to now doing appearances to now having a speaking academy. So we're growing every, you know, every day to make our product that much better. You know, one quick question. I think it would be fun just to hear your take on it. And I'm I'm notorious for it because I have a disability that it allows me to. It's a neurological disability, so sometimes I, I know what I want to say, but I can't speak it out, right? And one of the things I'm doing for therapy is this particular radio show because I love talking about entertainment. I love talking about music and and arts and stuff. One of the things that I always seem to have a problem with are those crutch words, you know, like you know what I'm saying, uh, you, you know. Um, and uh, so, and all those type of words. How do you stop yourself from using those all the time? I've learned as a speaker to kind of train myself in the art of what I'm going to say before I say it. And it took me some time because at the end of the day, you learn that sometimes those words like that are what we call, you know, because you don't want to stop talking. So when you learn to pause and you learn to kind of let, you know, breath come in, things like that, you're much more fluid in your speech. And a lot of former players struggle with that because in football, we're always high pace, high pace, high pace. You know, from sprinting to, you know, playing, trying to score touchdowns, and trying to sack. So you have a very high, high tempo life. So I try to tell guys that you just have to kind of slow yourself down and then really just focus on those, you know, those key crucial words you're trying to say to get your point across. And when people do that, Jason, they're much more efficient and they're much more fluid than when they're in their speech. And I found it to work for myself and for my attendees uh, as well. That makes a lot of sense. And sometimes, you know, when you're trying to when you're trying to speak, you want to listen to at the same time, and that can kind of break that train of thought. And that's one of the things that I seem to have problems with because it's like if I'm not concentrating on something, 
my my brain will just kind of fly away. You know, it's like oh squirrel, you know, type thing. So it, it it's something I'm trying to work with myself, and it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm at it, but I'm working at it. So uh, you know, it, it, having that advice is is definitely very important. I think it's important for everybody because I think we all need to learn how to speak efficiently, not. Even if you're just going out there to do some type of public speaking, you don't have to be a public speaker, but you really should be pretty fluent in how you speak. I couldn't agree more. No matter what we're doing in life, Jason, we're always selling ourselves. Mm -hmm. I spoke today to a group for U.S. Sports Indoor Association at their national conference in downtown Baltimore, and I told the owners and their key staff, no matter what you're doing in life, on every day, you're selling yourself to your community, to your clients, to your potential sponsors, your backers, that the person, that the bank, no matter who it is. The better you can communicate and sound more competent and more fluid in your speech, the more people are going to want to work with you because they believe that you can communicate to people. If you can communicate, Jason, you can bring in clients and clients equal revenue. That's absolutely right. Well, uh, Marquis, uh, uh, we are just about ready to end the show here. we got about two minutes left, so please tell everybody how they can find out more about you, how they can follow you in your career, and maybe you know, look, out, look out for some of the stuff that you have to train them with and, and uh, maybe even bring you out as a public speaker if they need it. Absolutely. If you don't want to come to my speaking academy, you can go to www.ogdnspeakingacademy.com. And you can also go or email my publicist, just Rachel Dares, that's Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, at BigHypeMarketing.com. And for a speaking event, you can go to my personal website, which is www.marketing, M-A-R-C-E-S, Ogden.com. All right, Marquise, thank you for coming on and sharing some time and with us. And I, I really love talking football with you. This has been a lot of fun. And getting your take on what it's like to be on the field, because I've only dreamed of being on the field myself. And uh, I wish you all the best, and I hope that you're going to do very well in the CFL. And I look forward to seeing what your brand can bring out to other people and maybe help them change their lives as well. Jason, I appreciate you having me on, my friend. I will talk to you soon. All right, you too. All right, guys, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we got more, so don't go anywhere. Hi, I'm internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd, and I released one of my most profound photographic collections to date, my 3D collection. Since 2009, I've looked for ways to bring my art to life in ways that would amaze my audience. After a rare malfunction at Disney, I realized that 3D was the way to go. Now the series can be seen in galleries all the way across the United States. If you want to see this collection, contact my studio, Imagination Art Studios, by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com and ask how. While you're there, check out my award-winning Dreams, Nightmares, Fears, and Fantasy collection, as well as my Morbid Sensations collection. Again, that's www.imaginationartstudios.com. Hi, this is Ashley Scott, and you're listening to AME Radio. Welcome back, everybody, and it is the end of the show, which means we're going to about tie it up here as we close it out and uh, say goodbye till next week. But don't forget, we have more great guests coming up next week, more great things to talk about, and hopefully more stories from people that have walked the walk, talked the talk to inspire you to get out there to do what you are set out to do. Remember, the biggest wall that you have to face in this world is your own. We build up the walls, and we decide to go over it or stay behind it and wish. And that is the worst thing that you can do is regret. So take the stories from these people that have tried it and done it and succeeded in it and use it for your and use that as inspiration for your own journey. That's what I do every single solitary day. That's why I don't sit there and pick on people or try to take people down that are successful because 
I I thrive off of that. I'm not jealous of it. I want to be that. And I know if they were able to do it, so can I. So I hope that you enjoyed our guest today. I know they had a great time talking to you. And uh, let's finish it off with some things that I, I need to talk to you guys about. First of all, if you want to follow us, all you have to do is find us on the radio. We are on a bunch of different places. You can go to uh, every Friday at WKLAP.com, 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. You can find us there. It's an internet radio station. You can also now find us on Friday at 7 a.m. drive time on AMFM 247 Broadcasting Network, and there's seven and uh, there are eight AMFM stations. And you can also find us there again on Saturday night uh, at 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So check us out on there. We're also Saturday at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Radiolove.com. That's RadioLUV.com. So check us out there as well. We love being a part of all these networks. And we're on iHeartRadio. So if you are an iHeart subscriber, all you have to do is go to the little white box up in the, up in the corner and type in AME Radio Show. Find us, subscribe to us, and every time we post a show... It goes there first, so you'll actually be able to hear this show a couple of days in advance, which is kind of like a VIP. You can also find us on iTunes as well. All you have to do is search the AME Radio Show and Podcasting. Uh, if you want to go to the podcast rec, you can go to podcastgarden.com and search in AME Radio Show. So that's the newest uh, news that we have for here on the AME Radio Show is that we are now on Friday at 7 a.m. on AM FM 247 Broadcasting Network on Drive Time really excited about all the stuff that's going on. In fact, we've had some great things coming up here. You know, I am so I am so excited over how we've grown since my first show here in 2014. It almost doesn't seem like it's been that long, but it has. I've talked to some amazing people, we're getting some great interviews, and we're inspiring people to do what they love to do. I can't ask for anything more than that. And to kind of go on that theme to end the show off, Everybody knows I have a disorder called MS, which is multiple sclerosis, and that causes a lot of different problems for me. And this show happens to be therapeutic uh, for me because one of the things it does do is kind of attacks my brain so I have a hard time speaking. A lot of times I have a hard time uh, feeling stuff and moving around because I'm always hurt and my muscles kind of give out on me and I have excruciating pain. Um, So it does a lot of these weird things to me, and sometimes I don't sleep very good at nighttime either. Well, one of the other things I'm trying to do for therapy is I wanted to do something I used to love to do when I was a child, and that's Frisbee. And I figured this would be a great way to get out there and, you know, keep my keep my uh, focus, my, my concentration, my ability while getting some exercise without killing myself because, it, believe me, any little bit of workout really impacts me. So I went out a couple weeks ago, and I was atrocious. I could not get my hand my fingers to release off the the frisbee and it was going backwards and sideways and all over the place. Complete frustration. So this time I went out this past weekend and I'll tell you what, it started off really bad, but with determination and passion, I got it back and I was throwing, I was actually at a baseball field and you know how they have those big nets behind you so you can, or or fences so the balls don't hit the the pedestrians at these little little league parks? Well, I was throwing it and hitting the cross section of the the poles four out of five times and then I moved back and went over, it was 200 feet away and threw it and hit it as well. Passion and ability and determination can overcome anything. I am determined to beat this at all costs, without using heavy-duty medications that can actually hinder my body in other ways, causing adverse reactions and everything else. I'm doing everything naturally. I'm trying to reduce stress. I'm doing things like this that will help me not only 
communicate with you guys, but also say what I love. And then I'm doing this to, to do what I love. All right, guys, that's all we have for you. Tune in next week, same time, same channel. Have a great week, everybody. Keep those creative juices flowing. That's the end. We're done. Calm down, people. Calm down. Okay? That's it.